we need to have uh, determination to loving God, uh, truly loving God, being loyal to Him, loving God with all our hearts, loving God with everything that is within us, not coming to Him because we want to use him and then run away to our own hurt, but really have the character to follow him. See, many times people, um, out of their darkened, foolish hearts, they think following Jesus means uh, you're going to lose this, lose that, and lose this, and lose that, and lose this, and lose that. And and so I don't want to follow him because I'll be losing family, I'll be losing friends, I'll be losing this or that, whatever it may be. They don't understand. First of all, Losing dead weights, losing a diseased member of the body that can kill the entire body is a good thing, not a bad thing. If we worry about losing a toe and not be smart enough to save your life, then you will die with your toe, losing your life. This is the truth. And there are some people who will say, well, If that's the case, then I'll follow Jesus. I'll do what he says because I want to live and not die. It's a good thing because it just shows that you have become wise to understand what matters the most. And you make the decision, just like with medicine. You look at the medicine. You weigh the side effects with what the medication can do for you. And if you have to take it, because if you don't take it, you can die at that point. You take it. Or you have to take it. If you don't take it, then your whatever organ is going to be permanently damaged, you need that. You're going to take it. At that point, you're not going to say, well, it says it has this side effect, so I'm not going to take it. You look at the positives and you look at the negatives. And then you see what is absolutely needed 
at that point, you go with it if it means saving your life. It's a good thing. There are some people who will take medicines for everything. You sneeze, you cough, you have a little pain here, Motrin all the time, Tylenol all the time, Advil all the time. And they destroy their bodies when it's not absolutely needed for every little thing. They depend on these things and their body becomes conditioned to that. A lot of people don't even look at the side effects. As soon as something is prescribed, they go take it and they don't even know why they are having the next problem that has come. They run to the doctor for that again and add more and more medications to their list. There are people like that also. But people who do their homework, who go get their bodies checked out and get the lab work done, and then whatever the doctor prescribes, you take that and you read on that, you look at everything. And if you are following Jesus, then you take it to God and you seek God's guidance on all of those things. But if someone doesn't know Jesus, then they just go and look up those things and and see if they absolutely need it. Or look for other means that can help them. That's what people who are wise do, who care about their bodies do. People who don't know and who just run to doctors for everything or to the internet for everything, they become victims to every lie that is out there. Not every natural thing that is out there is good. Not every claim that people make about everything that they say on YouTube or even the medical publications. Not everything is true. Many things are very biased also. You need God's wisdom in it. You need God. But people don't have the wisdom because they don't have God. They run for whatever they see. And they say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And end up with more and more disappointments. The reason why I'm saying this is when people want to do the right thing for their bodies, people who are wise, they make sure that they do their homework. People who are lazy, they won't do their homework. Whatever is told, they just do it. They don't care. It's because they don't care. They're lazy. If we care, then we won't be lazy. When it comes to the human soul, we can't gamble with our soul. We can't gamble with our lives. We cannot gamble with our eternity. What we have today, it's not we may not, we will not have tomorrow. That's the truth. The health that we have today 
as a 25 year old, you will not have it when you're 60 years old. That's the truth. Unless God does something extraordinary like he did for Moses, for Caleb, and for certain people in the Bible to serve him. The truth is, with all the vitamins and minerals and and supplements that are out there, with all the claim, whatever it is, people make for all the products that they sell out there, nothing can make a 60-year-old to become like a 25-year-old. Will not happen. What we have today, we will not have tomorrow. That's a fact. We must understand that. The body that we have today, we will not have tomorrow. That's the truth. See, all the talk and the arrogance and the pride that people have while they have health. It's all gone. When they can't talk, when they can't walk, when they can't move. It's important for us to know there are many things in life that we have today that we will not have tomorrow. But the wise will do something with what they have today. Jesus said this parable. He said there was this man who was working for his boss. And suddenly the boss fired him. When the boss fired him, he did a very smart thing. Now Jesus is not saying that that's the right thing. He says he did a smart thing. And the smart thing, according to eyes of the world, is he called all the people who owed his boss. And he said, how much do you owe? He asked them. And they said, a hundred. And he crossed out that and he made it into fifty. And he did all those things by, he did what he did, I should say, because he wanted to secure himself a place once he leaves the company. He said, I don't have my boss's favor now, but I need the people's favor. So what he did was he cut that bill into half and whatever discounts he gave. He wiped out a good portion of what they owed. As a result of that, he earned a very good reputation among the debtors. He got fired by the boss, but when he came out, he became the hero of all the people to whom he gave those discounts. Now, the point that Jesus highlights here is not about whether what he did was right 
are wrong. Obviously, it gave loss for his boss. That's not the focus here. He's just pulling out a quality here. That's what the parables are meant for. He pulled out that quality of this man. What was it? Shrewd man. A smart man. He knew how to live. He was not a man who said, oh my God, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I got fired and how am I going to feed my family and what am I going to do? And he didn't go into depression and and go commit suicide. Or he didn't say, oh my God, oh my God, what am I going to do? I have nowhere to go and go and rob somebody. Or he didn't say, oh my God, oh my God, what am I going to do and get angry and go and fight with his boss. He knew his place. He knew that, okay? I cannot do anything here because the boss has more power. And I cannot do anything at home because I'm the one who is bringing money there. I'm a person who will not give up. So I'm going to do what is smart. Use the mind that he had. And he did something smart. He earned the trust of the people and he earned the favor of the people. And as a result of that, the people didn't know that he was fired. But all they knew was while he had the power, he took care of what they owed. He became their hero. Now the story becomes like this after he got fired. It's like, oh, this man was such a good man and he gave us all these discounts and and this guy is so bad that he fired him. And they say, oh, come to our house. We will help you. We will help you. And he got the favor of all those people. He was a smart man. Again, Jesus is not talking about what he did was right or wrong, whether what he did was right or wrong. That's not his focus. His focus was how he knew not only how to survive, but thrive in that negative environment. And he's saying how God's people must be wise in this world. And Jesus says, for a temporary place, the guy did this, how much more? For a permanent place that we're going to go to. What we have today, we won't have tomorrow. We know that. So people are trying to hoard today's things, which is going to be rotten tomorrow. You call that utter foolishness. But then there are people who look foolish in the eyes of the world, who do the opposite. That was the point Jesus made. Jesus showed that by his own life. He used his body, he used his time, he used everything that he had while he was a human being on the face of the earth for the expansion of God's kingdom because we want to be in his kingdom because we are part of his kingdom because he passionately loved the kingdom. It was not a manufactured thing. 
It came from his heart. So now there are two things here. I want to show you the difference between these two things. Now, you have two groups of people that Jesus many times mentioned in his parables, the wise and the foolish. The foolish will hold on to the things of this world. They won't let go. Such as the rotten toe. They say, it's okay. I don't care what happens. I don't believe that the, it, this can affect the rest of the body. I'm not going to get rid of this rotten toe. And they'll keep that rotten toe there. And that rotten toe will make sure that it makes the entire body rotten. It ends up taking away the life of the person who was foolish enough to keep that rotten toe. Many people are like that. They'll say, oh, I can't, you know, take this out of my life and I can't take that out of my life. And they listen to the rotten toes that are there in their families and in their circle of friends and where they live, the communities, and they follow the leading of the rotten toe. God is speaking at this hour. There's a warning that the Spirit of God is giving to every single one here. If you feel sympathetic towards the rotten toe, the rotten toe will take your life away. It'll take your eternity away. The rotten toe will rob you of the life that you have ahead of you. When you know something is going against your very own life, you need to have the wisdom to get rid of that. When something comes between you and God, you need to have the wisdom to not listen to that. You need to have the wisdom to shut that down, that voice down. Whether it's a voice that comes into your head, or whether it's a voice that comes through your family members, whether it comes through your co-workers, whether it comes through your friends, whether it comes through your extended relatives, whoever it may be. If you're smart enough to recognize that and to delete that, you will live your body the rest of your body will thrive the rest of you will thrive but if you allow that little leaven and entertain that little leaven entertain that rotten toe then what that rotten toe will do is it will destroy you At that point, it'll be too late. So there are people who refuse to heed to the voice of the physician of all physicians, God Almighty. When he says, don't do this, they say, oh, I can. This is, this is restriction and this is too restrictive. Well, if you want to include everything in your life, you'll be dead. You have to include bacteria, virus, mold, mold spores, 
you'll be dead. There are things that you must keep out of your life and you must keep yourself out of it. And to see some people, stingy people, they'll have some rotten apple in front of them. They'll say, oh, I spent money on this. I can't waste this. They'll try to save every little bit of that rotten apple and try to eat and get sick. They won't even know how they got sick. That's how foolish they are. Try to save a dollar over the medical bills that you're going to spend. Over the suffering of the body. How foolish is that? The people who will not let go of what they need to let go. And then they will call the ways of the Lord as very restrictive. Know that every restriction that has been placed in the Bible has been specifically kept to preserve your soul, to preserve your body, to preserve your mind, to preserve your spirit. Every warning that's in the Bible is out of love. It comes from love himself. Because he cares for you. He cares for you. When we don't understand that, we try to preserve something which is going to end up killing us. We become like the people who came and said, Lord, 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 let us in, let us in, let us in. Meanwhile, they don't have the oil for their lamps. God is speaking to our hearts this morning. God is speaking to our hearts this morning. The narrow path is a path full of life. The narrow path is an exclusive path. Very important. Free of toxins. Free of robbers. Free of murderers. It's a path free. Of anything and everything that can take you down. That's why it's called the narrow path. The path does not allow the thief to come and steal. The path does not allow murderers to come in and murder those who are in that path. The path is called the path of the cross, which is full of glory. It's an exclusive path and those who enter in, just like how when you have to get on certain flights and special international flights, you have to only take a certain amount in a carry bag and the carry-on luggage should have specific um, measurement length and width. They'll put that bag through that. Um, little a space that they have to see if it fits. If it doesn't fit, they'll say, take all the stuff that is causing it not to fit, take those out, put it back in. People do that at the airport, they know. If not, they can't make it to the flight. They hastily take everything out, whatever they don't need. At that point, they know what they need, what they don't need. When the restriction came about 
You can't take the spray or you can't take the scissors or you can't take certain liquids or no liquids, water bottle, whatever it is. And the security check is taking place and they say you need to throw these out so you can get in. They do it in a heartbeat. You know why? They don't want to miss the flight. At that point, they're not going to stand there and argue with the security person saying that, well, I need water and, and throwing this, you know, will cost me and I'm not going to go and get water inside the airport. It's so expensive. None of those things. Because they want to get in. Yet when it comes to entering into eternal life, so many questions. Foolishness. They know how to follow the rules of the airport. They know how to follow the rules of the bus. They know how to follow the rules of the court. They know how to follow the rules on the road. They know. When they go to court with a speeding violation or they hit something, they know they're guilty. They know that. But when it comes to the things of God, so many questions, oh, I can't leave this night again. Well, you can't leave this. You're not going in. Period. There are some people who try to make it seem like, oh no, you can still go in. Those are liars who will make you carry all the stuff all the way there. So that you can miss the flight because they hate you. They make you feel good. Tell you what you want to hear. When you're that foolish, you give your ears to those people. And then what happens? You end up missing your flight. You end up missing the opportunity that you had to get to wherever you wanted to get to. Always remember, this life that you have is a one-time opportunity that's been given. You cannot relive this life once it's over. You can't even go back and fix all the wrong things that you did when you were 25 years old. Or even what you did a year ago. Whatever you try to do, you can fix it now and you can change it now so that you don't live that way now. But can you go and fix all those years of brokenness and all the things that you broke? You can sit and think, I wish I didn't do that, I wish I didn't do that. But God is speaking today. He says, gone all those days. Do something about what you need to do now. Do something about what you need to do now. Now is the time. Now is the time. Now is the time. You can fix it. Oh, I didn't read the rules. I didn't know the rules. And nobody told them. There are people who blame the whole world for their own blunders. If you're going to the airport, it's your job to go on the website and see. It's your job to call the airlines and see what you can take, what you should not take. Otherwise, when you stand at the security, you need to throw some things out. God is speaking at this hour. It's your job. God has been given to you. It's your job. The word of God has been given to you. It's your job. When the spirit of God tells you, get rid of this. Simply do that. Don't be foolish to argue. Don't be foolish and argue with God. He is trying to get you to the other side. He's trying to get you to the other side. God is speaking at this hour. 
God is trying to get you to the other side. And the Lord says, enough. Throw what you have to throw away. Do what you have to do. Simply do it. When instruction comes from the Spirit of God, you have to listen. Those who are wise will listen. So going back to the two groups of people, people who are wise and people who are foolish. The people who will listen and people who will not listen. People who will argue and people who will not argue and simply do it. Now, within the people who don't argue and people who simply do it, you have two categories there. One is looking for the gain, which means I do this because I must do this. You have people like that. And then you have another group of people. I'm doing this because I want to do this. Because it is for my protection. There are certain security systems, measurements that have been put in place. It is for my protection. I'm not taking these liquids and this has been established here because something happened. Someone got killed. This is for my own protection. And I'm so thankful that these things are in place and they happily see what they need to do and downsize and do whatever they need to do. They know I'm not taking this extra baggage because it's a good thing. If everybody takes extra luggage, then the plane can go down. It only has a certain capacity and so thankful they know about it and they say this is how much you can take on your carry-on and and they happily do what they have to do. You have another group of people. They say that I can't believe we need to do this and they complain and they get it done. They make it. You have people who are making it with two different attitudes and and two different results also based on the attitude. One happily goes and the other one just goes, I just need to make it. If you know why and if you understand that whatever has been established has been established from a place of love for your own protection, for your own good, then it'll be not only easy, but it'll be a delight. Just simply doing everything that's being told by God's word. When that's not there, 
When that I want to is not there, but I have to is there. You can still get it done. But not like the first group that does it with happiness, trust, faith. The whole experience is very different. And the reward is very different too. God is speaking to our hearts today. You may be among the people who say, I want to keep the rotten toe. But today you're hearing this. You want to please the people who are coming against your faith. You want to please the people who are coming against your walk with the Lord. You want to please the people that Satan is using to take your soul away. Be very careful. Because that rotten toe will eat up your whole life. Be very careful. If you fall under the category of those who say, I have to, so I'm doing, I have to, I have no choice. If I don't go to church and something can happen, and if I don't, this and something can happen, and you keep yourself protected because you are going. You say, I got to take this rotten toe out. And you do it. Because you have to. Then, you protect yourself. But the experience is not going to be a really good one. Because your heart is still on that rotten toe. But if you understand that, that rotten toe has the capacity to take away your life, you'll be so happy to get rid of that rotten toe. You'll be very thankful to the doctor who actually diagnosed the condition. You'll be so thankful that the rotten toe is not there. As opposed to those who live, but while they're living constantly, wish they had that rotten toe. I pray that the Spirit of God will help you to understand what God Almighty is saying at this hour. May an understanding heart be given to every single one here. He who seeks to keep his life will lose it. That's what Jesus meant when he said. Whatever is not good for you, if you try to keep it, it will end up destroying you. He who seeks to keep his life. What's the meaning of that? The meaning is at the expense of your soul. At the expense of you entering into eternal life. If you try to keep everything that is toxic to your soul, you will end up losing your soul. But he who gives it away, that means... You delete all those things that you shouldn't have from your life. You'll end up living it to the fullest. God is speaking at this hour. 
take it seriously. Whatever God tells you to do is for your own good. There are people who delay. God says something. They'll say, I'll do it this way. You know what happens? That rotten tool actually infects other parts and they end up losing their foot. And they say, well, I did what the pastor said. I did what the prophet said. I did. When did you do? Did you do it right away? Or did you do after it caused a good amount of damage? And they are happy that they did something and they are alive. But you know what? You lost your foot. Now you're with your crutches. You lost your foot. That wisdom is not even there. They don't even know what was taken away. They're so happy that they lost, that they have the rest of the body, but you didn't have to lose your foot if you'd have listened, if you obeyed right away. And this is why God says in his word, those who hearken unto the voice of the Lord God Almighty and are diligent to do his commands, they will live. You know how they live? Not barely live. They shall be like the tree that is planted by the rivers of water. They shall be the head and not the tail. And these are the ones who will bring forth the fruit in their season. And these are the ones who will be above and not beneath. And these are the ones whose leaves will never wither. These are the ones God will place above the nations of the earth. And whatever they do shall prosper. God is speaking to our hearts today. While the world will sit and look at those who gave it away and had what they needed to have with them at the end. Those were foolish who wanted to hold on to all the rotten things. Will end up losing everything. They look at those who are whole. They look at those who are still holding on to eternal life and envy at all the blessings that God has blessed them with. That's the blessing of God. To bless people and keep them in a place where others will envy them. It's a promise that God has given. Who will envy the evil people? Who didn't want to take the narrow path? They said, oh, we want to have everything, include everything. Garbage, rottenness, everything. They're like the people who carry big bags full of old stuff and rotten stuff. And these are, I can, somebody has to tell them, oh, that's 50 years old. It's really ripping and it's smelling. Those clothes need to go. Oh, no, 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 no. That has a memory attached to it. I'm going to keep this. Oh, no, no, no. My great-grandfather. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, this one gave it. That one. Oh, no, no, no. What are they doing? Carrying rottenness with them. Meanwhile, they're having breathing problems and lung problems, all kinds of things. You know why? They're not getting rid of those old stuff, moldy stuff. It's making them sick. The narrow path is a blessed path, a path full of life. It takes away that which is bad for you. Every commandment of God 
tends to life. It removes depth away from you. When God says no to something, he's imparting life to you by saying no to that which produces death. It comes from a heart of love. It comes from love himself. So, Jesus said this parable. This man who was so shrewd, he said, I'm going to do what I need to do in order for me to live. Did he really care about the people? No. But he did what he had to do in order for him to thrive. He became a hero in their eyes. He used the wisdom that was given by God to him when God created him. He said, I want to use it towards my gain. And he lived. He lived pretty good even after he lost his job. God says, you see that quality in him? What is that? Smartness. God says, use that. Be smart like him when it comes to your eternal life. Because what you have today, you won't have tomorrow. But you can do something with what you have today. He did something very important with what he had at the moment. While he had the power to give all the discounts he could and wipe out the deaths he could, he used that towards his future. Don't hold on to that which will not be there for you tomorrow. God is the only one who will be there. Everything will pass away. Everything will pass away. Be wise. This man, he he did it so that he can preserve himself. Jesus is teaching one principle here. Be smart. Keep your eyes on your future. Keep your eyes on your future. Where are you going to go after this? That should be a focus. Within that, there are two ways of doing it. One is because you really love Jesus. Yeah, I, will, I always, I always encourage people through the Spirit of God to take the higher path, which is not because I have to, I want to be under that group because I want to, because I genuinely love Jesus. Even if I lose everything, I will still do it for him. That's the best way to go. That can only come from knowing him, being acquainted with him. That's a, that's a love relationship. In the Bible, in the book of Song of Solomon, you see that The king had different groups of people. You have the people who 
belong to the category of princesses, royal princesses. Then you had people who were in the palace who were concubines. Then you had the one and only one called the Shulamite who really loved the king and the king loved her. Many Christians are like the concubines and many Christians are like the princesses. There's this one percent like the Shulamite will run after the king, just leave everything behind, won't even think twice. Nobody needs to make her to understand why she needs to drop off anything or leave behind anything. If she was told to leave that, she will immediately leave that without questioning. She doesn't even need that understanding or explanation because she loves the king so much when the king says, leave this, she will leave it. That's the 1% group of people who please the king so much. The king desires to be with her, to talk to her, because she pleases him. And she loves him so much because he loves her, he delights in her. It's a mutual love relationship. And those who are in the palace, yeah, they're all in the palace. The princesses, the concubines, they all envy her. What does she have? What does the Shulamite have? What does she have that's causing the king to desire more than anyone else? They all envy her. They say, oh, we have this and we look like this and we are the royal family and we are this. Overestimating oneself is not a good thing. Concubines too, they all talk together. They all talk against Shulamite. Oh, Shulamite, what do you have? Why is the king running? Leaving everything behind and coming to see you. Because Shulamite pleased him. She pleased him in every way. Because she truly loved him. The king knew that she truly loved him and he loved her with everything that was within him. That relationship cannot come close to anything, any other relationship the king can have with the princesses or with the concubines. That's why the princesses envied her and the concubines envied her. She was someone who kept herself exclusively for the king. And her thoughts, her mind, her body, everything was for that king. The king also 
He loved her with everything that he had. That's an exclusive relationship that comes from a place of love. As opposed to the I have to kind of relationship. Yeah, there are some people who say, I have to be married because I need health insurance. I have to be married because other kids. I have to. There are people like that. I have to. Don't be a have to person. Be a want to person. Be someone who truly love God with all their hearts, mind, soul, and strength. For them, doing whatever pleases the king comes spontaneously from the heart. That's the 1%. When they're told to do something, you don't have to tell them twice. Delight in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of their heart. Delight in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Why? Because he delights in you. When you delight in him, he will delight in you. That's when the king of the universe will sing over such people. He will rejoice and he will sing over such people. Because those people give him so much joy. What will happen when he sings over people? What will happen? That's his pleasure revealed. He does all kinds of things. But the Shulamite is not going after what he has. Because she loves him so much. Whether she'll get anything or not, that's not her focus at all. Her focus is the king. That's a genuine love relationship. The people who try to marry a person because, or because he's the owner of this company, or because he has this car, or because he's from this family, or because my life will be good, I don't have to struggle financially. It's a very sad thing when people use people and try to stick around for some kind of uh, gain. As if that person is a use and throw person. I really don't love you, but I'm using you. That's why I'm your wife, or that's why I'm your husband, or that's why I'm your whatever. Be someone who genuinely love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength because he genuinely loves you. But is it one person who will actually love him back and those are the ones who become his lovers. Those are the Shilamite people. But the rest of the Christian community will envy. They will. They will not give up what Shulamite gave up. They will not do what she does. They will not. But they will envy. God is speaking to her today. Get rid of those dead weights. Get rid of those things that are toxic. Truly follow Jesus. For who he is. 
If you do that, then you will get into the plane. If you do that, you will save your life. Get rid of that infected toe. If you can't treat it, you need to get rid of it. There are people who try to, I'm trying to save this person, I'm trying to save this person, I'm trying. What are they doing? In the name of saving the person, compromise is happening, big time compromise. The rest of their body is getting infected. They're letting people who are used by the devil to influence their worship, influence their reading of the Bible, influence their walking with God. As a result of that, the other parts of the body begins to get infected. God is speaking at this hour. You know that you're living a godly life and you're doing that which is pleasing to God. And it's not working, so to speak, in the lives of those whom you care. But it's at this point not treatable. You need to put a stop to whatever you're doing and say, Because I love the rest of my body and my own soul, I want to live. I want to close that door to that infected toe. There's a prophetic word God is speaking. Whatever relationship it may be, whoever it may be in your family, whoever it may be, but wherever it may be, you need to block those voices and block those noises. You need to block those sites. Whatever you need to do in order to preserve your soul. Do that. If not, it will take away your eternity. It will take away your eternity. Like people who are in a building where the building is on fire and you have the firefighters there helping you. Get on this ladder and come out. We're here to help you and they're there to pull you out. Meanwhile, they're trying to say, I'm trying to get my whoever it is to come out. That whoever it is is saying, I want to stay, I'm not coming. I want to stay, I'm not coming. I want to stay, I'm not coming. The firefighters from the other side, they're calling, get out, get out, get out. The whole building is going to be on fire. You're going to die, get out. I'm trying to get them, I'm trying to get them, I'm trying to get them. You know, the other person says, I want to stay. What do you think is going to happen? They're not going to get out, and they're not going to let you get out. They're keeping you from going forward. At the end, those who refuse to come out, they'll all be consumed by that fire. Be smart, be wise. Be smart, be wise. Do what you have to do in order for you to live. If the infected toe is not treatable and you insist on keeping it, it'll cost you in a way that you'll have permanent regrets, irreplaceable, irreversible, damage will happen. God is speaking of this all. Be wise. Be like that. 
guy. He said, now I know. I need to live. And I will do the smartest thing. And just do it. Do that which you have to do. To preserve your soul. Whatever you need to get rid of, get rid of. Not tomorrow. Today. Always know that every day, more and more infection will take place. It will keep spreading to the rest of your body every day. So when God says, do this, you need to do it. When God says, do this, you need to do it then and there. When you're told to do something, do it then and there. That will keep you from a lot of trouble. That will help you save yourself and those around you. Be like the man who was wise. And who did what he had to do. When he had to do. If he would have missed that opportunity. He would have been in a miserable place after that. But he said, I have this time. Before I can leave this job, I have this time. I'm going to get it done. And he did what he had to do. Before you run out of time, while you have time, do what you have to do. Whatever God says, discard, discard. Whatever God says to protect your soul, do that immediately. Be someone who truly love God for who he is. Not just because you need to go to heaven and you don't want to go to hell. You can do that. God knows that too. He also knows you're after what he can offer. But he loves you so much, you'll say, okay, if that would make you escape hell, that's fine. But that's not the best way to go. You need to be someone who truly loves him. Will be willing to do anything for him. When I say for him, it's a privilege always. Because you don't have to do anything. And whatever you do must be acceptable. So it's a privilege. It's a privilege. The true lovers of God will not think twice. will not even feel the pinch of anything they have to get rid of. Even if it's a good thing. They know if God tells something, it's always for something good because he loves me. I want to close with the scripture. Those who truly love God will know that all things work together. All things work together. For the good of those who love God. All things. And to those who are called according to his purposes. Everything in their life God orchestrates. He allows. 
because it's all planned out, meant for something far greater. So the, the deletions are good, the additions are good. The trials are good, the suffering is good. And whatever path we have to go through, because we love him, not because of our wrongdoings, but because we love him. All those so-called negative things will turn into something glorious in the lives of those who love him. This is the scripture is for the lovers of God. It's not a general scripture. A lot of people use this for anything that happens to anyone and, and to themselves. They'll do something wrong and they'll say, well, I know God works everything together. No, no, no. It is for those who truly love him. Which means those who keep his commandments. And his commandments are life. Those who truly have faith in him who love him will do whatever he says. For such people, whatever happens that has been allowed and allotted by God, which will work towards something far greater, far greater. So today, make the choice to throw off your dead weights and your infected toe. Get rid of those things. And come to a place of total surrender. You know, there are some people who say, I can't totally surrender because I have trust issues. And they use all these kind of uh, demonic terms. When you should have trust issues with Satan. Not with God. If you're not listening to God, then you're listening to Satan. You trust Satan more than you trust. You trust Satan, period. And you don't trust God. That's the truth. Something's wrong with that picture. Something is truly wrong with that picture. Terribly wrong with that picture. And then there are others who say, I don't want to totally surrender because I'm a person who always wants to be in control of everything. The truth is, you're not in control of anything. And when do you think you are in control of anything? You are not. Every single person is influenced by the Spirit of God or the Spirit of Satan. If you don't listen to the voice of God, you're listening to the voice of Lucifer. And based on that, you're making a choice. You surrender to God or you surrender to Satan. You obey God or you obey Satan. You trust God or you trust Satan. You believe God or you believe Satan. So, even the the false idea of you being in control needs to be Eradicate it out of your life because you were never in control. You can never be in control of anything. I can you? 
How can you? You didn't come into this world on your own, did you? You're not taking every step every day or doing anything to keep your heart beating. You're not doing anything to keep your lungs to function, continue to take in oxygen and give out carbon dioxide. You're not doing anything. You're not doing anything to your body to make it digest food. Or do anything to your blood to make it carry the oxygen and the nutrients. You're not in control. You can't even stop a common cold from coming to you. What control do you have? Nothing. Nothing. Yet it's a lie that most people believe because of foolishness and pride that they give themselves over to. All how we need the truth. Only the truth can set a person free from the darkness of the enemy. God is speaking to our hearts this morning. Become wise. Never think you know more than God. Never try to do your own thing. Because if you don't listen to God, you're doing Satan's thing. Because he's the one who will say, don't listen to God, you can't trust the Lord. And and this is going to cost you. When you don't listen to God, you're listening to the voice that is telling you not to listen to God, which is Satan. And you're following his footsteps, which leads to destruction. Broad is the way that leads to destruction, Jesus said. Narrow is the way that tends to life. As we close eyes and look to the Lord this morning, may the Spirit of God stir up with a new and move you to action. May the Spirit of God stir up within you to open your eyes of understanding. May the Spirit of God stir up within you and bring you to a place of total surrender that you stop surrendering your will to Lucifer once and for all and surrender to the Lord God Almighty who wants to bless you, who wants to prosper you, who wants to put you on the path to success. Don't hop in and hop out. There are many people who hop in and hop out. Hopping in and hopping out is not going to help. Because every time we give the keys to Satan, he devastates. And to get the key back from him, It's not a light thing. It's not an easy thing. Once you hand the key over to him, you need God to come 
to get the key back from him to give it to you. Because you cannot get it from him. You're not stronger than him. So every time you make a wrong decision, remember, remember, you're giving the key to Satan. And you will eat the fruit of it. You don't want to eat the fruit of destruction. May God speak to your hearts today. Whatever the Holy Spirit has spoken, may you become wise and be wise enough to listen so that God can prosper you. God can heal you. God can deliver you. So that you will be someone who will gain everything. Do not be a loser, but a winner. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for your word that you gave to your people. I pray, Holy Spirit, touch every heart. Touch every mind. Touch every body. You alone can heal the brokenhearted. You alone can set the captives free. You alone give sight to the blind and your word brings liberty. You alone give life to the lifeless. Hallelujah. And your light drives out our darkness. So we call on you in this hour of power. Oh, we cling to you, the source of true power. Come, come, Lord, we need you this hour. You alone can break every bondage with your power. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, follow. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, follow. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, flow, flow into the darkest darkness, flow into the darkest darkness, mighty force, mighty force, mighty force, mighty force, the mighty force, the breath of God is here this hour, hallelujah. He's here to devastate the plans of darkness, destroy the powers of darkness, defeat the prince of darkness. Oh, he's here to give to us the treasures of darkness, mighty force, mighty force, hallelujah. The mighty force is here in our midst. You have to make the choice to cross over from darkness to light. You need to make a choice to come out of that burning building. Help is given today. God has been speaking to many times, but today he's saying, don't stay behind if you stay behind. It'll be too late. Once your body begins to burn and you call for help, the fire will consume you. And it'll be so fast that you will not be able to recover. God is calling out to you today. Surrender to him. Stop surrendering to Satan. Surrender to him. Because his path is a path full of blessings. His path is a path full of truth. His path is a path full of glory.
Hallelujah. So I ask you, this our spirit, the living God, that you will touch your people, each and every single one, from the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet. May the spirit of God do a mighty work in each and every single one. Let every form of darkness be depart from their lives in Jesus' name. Every lie of the enemy be brought down in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. With the strength of the living God be imparted into their spirits in the name of Jesus. That every foolishness be removed at this hour. That they may have eyes to see and ears to hear in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So that they may repent, Lord, where they need to repent. That they may wholeheartedly surrender to you, Father. That every single one may be in the path of blessing, in that narrow path. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. With this blessing, I bless you people with. And I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Jesus.